Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today. Uh, it's Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. And uh, Ed, what kind of stocks are you going to be looking at today? Well, it's a, it's a mix of stocks of, in terms of their performance and their sectors. Monolithic Power among the lead, leading chip sector, uh, Oracle, and C3.ai. Okay, but first, let's go ahead and take a look at the indexes. S&P 500 closed up just about one-tenth of a percent. Uh, NASDAQ Composite led with a four-tenths of a percent increase for the day. Uh, NASDAQ 100 a little bit above that with a half a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial was down about two-tenths, and the Russell 2000 was about flat, um, maybe up a little smidge. And I guess we can start with a look at the uh, the, the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ and uh, seems like we're really struggling right now to kind of uh, hold some of these support levels and uh, the moving average lines are really coming into focus. Yeah, and they have been in focus for quite a while, but you can, and they're, the 21 day is starting to get close to the 50 day. Uh, I guess it's nice that the S&P gained ground today, uh, ultimately. I mean, it's better than a loss, but it couldn't quite get back above the 50-day line. So that's just something to be there. And, and obviously, there would be other resistance levels on the upside. And, and, and as you can see, it would just take a decently bad day to get back to get below the 200-day line. So right. we're, at, we're, again, you know, we've been saying this, we're at a turning point, but we keep on turning. You know, we keep on, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not... You know, we nudge higher, we nudge lower, and we haven't decisively done it. Uh, you could argue that we're still broadly in this trading range since early February, and we're in the lower part of that. So the rally has to do more to prove itself uh, before you can feel more confident in this thing. Yeah, at this point, it seems more like we're just, we keep on changing lanes rather than making turns one way or the other um, <laughs> as we kind of go back and forth in this trading range. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the NASDAQ composite. Um, so that S&P 500, you know, closing right around that 50-day moving average line, uh, the NASDAQ composite right there at its 21-day uh, line, it's above the 200-day line, it's above the 50-day line, but uh, I think we're we're kind of all looking at this uh, support level around here and whether or not this can hold. Yeah, and it's really hard to say. Obviously, Tuesday's uh, testimony from Fed Chief Powell talking about he's open to faster Fed rate hikes, that really changed the dynamic. And really, the dynamic has changed for since early February. I mean, that's, that's, that's ultimately what's going on, is that people are seeing a lot more rate hikes down the, than the pike than we saw back in January when we were rallying. It's like, hey, these Fed rate hikes are almost over. It's like, no. No, they are not. In fact, they might speed up again. Mm -hmm. uh, so until we, uh, you know, it's, you know, can we hold on? I don't know, because look at all these moving averages. They are really going to be coalescing uh, pretty soon here. So, uh, yeah, it, the Friday's jobs report will be important. The CPI will be important. It just seems like every economic report, every Fed speech is important. And it's just hard to make any headway when at any moment it could, could reverse course. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the the Fed and these economic reports that are coming up, um, you know we have the the jolts uh, today. Uh, what what is your take on um, us being tossed to and fro by the, just the latest data? Well, I mean, it, th there you go. We're tossed to and fro. It's not much fun. It's not much fun to be tossed to and fro. I mean, it's uh, the job openings were stronger than expected. I mean, the best argument you can say is that maybe January was especially warm. But, you know, people have pointed out, well, mid-February was pretty warm, too. And that's when the jobs report data is all, all figured out. So there's probably not a lot of lot of good news in, in the very short run that's going to change 
change the change the direction on the Fed. Uh, you know, we keep saying that the things will be non-events and then they become big events. So who knows? Right. Uh, but you just have to see what the how the market reacts to it, and you just have to know that you can't just take one or two days and say, "Oh, that's it." Uh, you know, we're we're on the way or we're doomed. You, you can't really say that because it's just one more, you know, just the next morning, a report will come out and change everything around again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's uh, it, it's been a little baffling because, uh, of course, a lot of times good news is, necess- you know, not necessarily good news. It can be bad news, but it has to be not too bad because otherwise it's really bad news. Um, so, you know, sometimes the investor's reaction to the news is uh, – a little volatile and uh, sometimes a little unexpected. Uh, just rounding out the discussion with the indexes, uh, we can take a look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, of course, that got uh, resistance at its 50-day moving average line, and really hasn't hasn't quite recovered from that yet. It's uh, you know still above its 200-day line, but anything to note here? Not really. It's it's not that far from its 2023 lows, the 200-day line. This has been the laggard. I think the other thing to look at is is the Russell 2000. Uh, I guess this is the best thing you could say because this actually held the 50-day line. I mean, it was it was a battle. It fell to its lowest level since January. It did hold. I mean, it's hard to get too excited about a fractional gain. Uh, so it's nice to see that. But you know, the S&P and the Russell are at key levels. The Nasdaq is at the 21-day. It everything is very tenuous. Yeah, and it was interesting that the Russell 2000 was undercutting levels, uh, whereas the other indexes, or at least the S&P 500 and Nasdaq, were holding those a little bit better. Um, speaking of all the uh, data that you were talking about, uh, you know, this is kind of having a big effect on the 10-year Treasury and the dollar. So maybe we start with the 10-year Treasury. Zero uh, TNX is the symbol for MarketSmith, and you know, we had that pop above four percent for the 10-year yield. And then we came right back down and we're just hovering right below that. Yeah. And this is this is also reflecting concerns that all these Fed rate hikes will weigh on the economy down the road. The short end has been continuing to rise. The two year yield, the six month yields, those are over five percent and continuing to climb even today. So that's part of what's weighing on the market in these last few days is that that's because those are more reflections of where they think Fed rates high Fed rates will be today and six months from now and so on. And the markets are really raising those those expectations. Mm-hmm. And then over on the dollar, we're seeing uh, UUP, which is a nice ETF to kind of uh, give you a sense of the dollar's direction. Uh, that seems to have gotten some potential resistance at the 200-day moving average line. We're not quite sure because it could just blow right through there and keep on going. Yeah, and this is obviously a big concern, you know, especially for especially for the companies in the, that we trade in the stock market, especially, you know, they export or they have operations overseas, you know, bringing those dollars back. If the strong dollar means, you know, like, you know, it'll translate into weaker earnings here. So that's a big reason why the dollar's a, a headwind for the stock market. Mm-hmm. And rounding out our discussion, we can take a look at a few other ETFs, including XME. This is the miners and metals. Um you know, a lot of these commodities, whether it be copper, uh, the, even coal is uh, represented in here, gold, uh, you name it, steel. Um, this, you know, was looking very strong, pulled back over the last couple of days. But here's another one, getting potential support at the 50-day moving average line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that would be, and you can see how this a few days I can swing up and down very quickly. It's like, oh, yeah. it was looking really bad here. Then it was looking really good all of a sudden in here and coming right back down and individual stocks 
are showing even more violent action. I mean, some are holding up, but others you know, are not. But it just shows you that herky-jerky area where it could go either way in the next few days. Well, and it also kind of shows you that a lot of times once you start getting excited because it's looking good, that's uh, that's when the rug gets pulled out from under you and it, it, it does that. Uh, and so then, you know, if you're not buying on the on the bounce, uh, you, you may be buying late and not not getting much traction on your moves. Um, let's go ahead and also take a look at Jets, which has uh, got a lot of stocks that we've been interested in. Uh, United Airlines, uh, Delta Airlines are two that come to mind. Um, but the travel area uh, seems like that's perking up a little bit, but we've had some false starts before. A lot of false starts, ups and downs. I mean, this Jets is looking pretty good. And as you say, some of the names like United, Delta, and American in particular, it was odd that like some of the worst performers today on the S&P 500 were actually cruise line stocks. And so it's like mm -hmm. travel is this mixed bag. It's again, like everything else, it's it's just hard to feel uh, really confident that things will, will stick. Again, choppy markets, and that's where we're in. A sideways choppy market is just really difficult because it gives you just enough hints to get in. Um, but then the strength immediately, you know, ends at that point. Yeah, that's the problem when you don't have a trend that's lasting. Uh, it's kind of hard to make make too much in terms of the way of gains. Um, well, let's go ahead and round out the discussion with just a look at one of the big growth uh, tech component areas, and that's the Vanex Semiconductor ETF SMH is the ticker symbol on this one. A nice cup with handle. Um, Again, it's it's trading above its 50-day moving average line. What's the benefit of going with an SMH over, let's say, some of the high flyers that are, you know, uh, showing some really strong action right now? Well, some of the high flyers. It's one thing like an Nvidia, which is sort of extended, but a lot of the high flyers have enormously big moves. I mean, you can all. Some of them have had 10, 15, 20, 30 percent intraday drops in recent days. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and so this one has a consistency. There's a lot of strength in it. Uh, so that is one why, reason why you might go with an SMH. And this is doing quite well. You can see the relative strength line on this is, you know, is if it's not a 52-week high, it is awfully close to that. Mm -hmm. And this kind of leads us right into our stock discussion. And we can start with a fabulous semiconductor, monolithic power systems. The ticker symbol is MPWR. And here we have, it's a kind of a similar look as we just saw with SMH, nice cup with handle. Um, the handle is pretty, uh, you know, pretty uh, tame. Uh, it's 11% depth uh, compared to a depth of the cup that is 44%, so a little bit deep there. Uh, what, uh, what looks good to you about monolithic power? Well, I mean, it's. I like how the volume dried up for the most part in this yeah. handle. The the handle has some depth. I mean, you needed that with after this huge run up, you know, a, a small, a, a tiny little handle wasn't going to shake enough people out. So this this was enough. It even tested the twenty one day line, but didn't look doesn't look you know wide and loose either. So uh, it has this buy point, but if it got above here. I think that would be actionable. It also has pretty decent growth. I mean, not tremendous, but there's a lot of chip makers uh, with only a few exceptions where you're seeing declines in profits expected for, you know, this year. So it's nice to see at least some growth and and then picking up again next year. Mm -hmm. And if we could switch over to the weekly chart, um, you know, 
uh, as you mentioned, the estimates for this year, you know, single digits, not impressive too much, but 18% for 2024. But what I think is more impressive here is the EPS growth rate of 31% and an earning stability factor of 13. Uh, that goes from one to 99, the lower numbers being more stable. So the fact that this has uh, got some stability to its earnings is pretty impressive for what's often known as a very cyclical industry. Yeah, that's a really good point. This is on the long-term leaders watch list because it has a record of long-term performance uh, on a monthly. It's on the IVD 50. I believe it's on the big cap 20 as well. So there's a lot of reasons to like this. This has a nice long track record. Yeah, and hits multiple timeframes there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look next at Oracle. Uh, this is another tech giant that maybe people have forgotten about. It was something in the in the late 90s that everyone was... Uh, you know, had on on the tip of their tongue at all moments. But you know, is, is this is this something that is uh, perhaps making a resurgence and something we should be paying attention to? Well, the the sales growth has picked up. Now, some of that there might be some acquisitions on that, but maybe I think the cloud growth it's finally getting that transition over to the cloud. I mean, it it was a little late uh, after this big big long base. It has you know a, a nice shallow handle. Uh, this handle's almost long enough to be its own flat base. So it's it's acting pretty well here. Uh, this is not a world beater, okay? This is not growing super fast, but it is relevant to maybe some other database software makers too. That, you know, it, how this does and what its guidance is is probably relevant to those firms and software in general. So um, I, yeah, again, this one could be something that people take on, probably wouldn't wanna, this isn't gonna be the super screamer, but it might it might have, uh, a time finally to come back after a long period of uh, declines. Yeah, and that that weekly chart does show uh, there was quite a bit of time where the you know the relative strength wasn't too exciting, but it certainly seems like it's been trending up nicely uh, over the last year here. Um, yeah. So a lot of flat action on that monthly chart. Yeah. Not something you necessarily want to see. At that point, you start you know asking yourself, hey, why take the single stock risk uh, when I can you know get about the same performance for the S and P 500? But uh, the question is, is this uh, more recent uptrend in the relative strength line something indicative of future? future growth for the stock. But um, I also want to bring up, because I was saying, oh, is it relevant for other database software names? I'm just going to bring this up, MongoDB, because they have earnings tonight. They beat on earnings, but apparently their guidance was weak. So at least in the early going, this stock, which was sort of affording a bottoming base where at least the buy point would have been above the 200 line, uh, that's coming down. So just wanted to bring that up on that, yeah. in that sector. And definitely, I think uh, this this market is full of the uh, the haves and have-nots, those that have already crossed their 200-day lines and their 50-day lines and those that have not. And uh, MDB is uh, solidly in the, the have-not at this point. Um, so let's go ahead and round out the discussion also with a look at uh, C3 AI. Uh, of course, you know, AI has been on a lot of people's minds, especially with chat GPT, uh, you know, coming out and uh, really impressing people. Um, you know, is this is this something that is for the faint of heart or <laughs> I mean, it looks like a consolidation, but man, those are some pretty big moves. Yeah, that's part of it. And one, you know, there's a few things. One, technically, while the pattern looks OK, I mean, so somewhat it's wild and everything. But yeah, that's a big drop from 30 to 20. Then it surged 34 percent this day. You know, the, you know, from this point to here, it's given up quite a bit, you know, over five points. And that's a pretty big drop. So if you bought near the top here. That would be a huge loss. So it'd be nice if it settled down. I mean, there are some elements. It's found support the 21-day line. There are some things there. 
Uh, also note that if it weren't for the AI hype and hopes for growth, and they did have some bullish guidance, so don't get me wrong, but like growth had slowed. It actually had a sales decline in the latest quarter. So, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Now, maybe now, maybe now it's going to take off. And obviously a lot of things are going on right now, but it is you're definitely betting on the future with with a with AI, uh, not on what it's doing right now in terms of fundamentals. Yeah. Now, with that bet in the future, I mean, we've we've already talked about the 10 year Treasury yield a lot of times, you know, as as the 10 year yield goes up, um, you know, that does that does have an effect on future valuations and everything like that. So are we kind of at odds here if you're kind of betting on the future, but the future is going to say, hey, you've got to discount your valuation? <laughs> Well, that could be a concern, especially if things really break down, because it's probably these high growth names, these speculative growth names that are could really come under pressure, not necessarily the stock, but, uh, you know, it's not January anymore when all these stocks and AI and beyond were really powering ahead. Uh, so, again, but then again, if yields come down, if we get a Thames jobs report, if we get the CPI and all of a sudden things cool off a little bit on that front, Maybe some of these speculative names will, will go on another big run. Yeah. Bottom line, it sounds like there's a lot of ifs that we have to wait what for. Is? And um, unfortunately, that's what makes it tough to trade in this market is because uh, those ifs uh, come, come around and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And it just makes it hard for things to trend. We're seeing a lot of uh, potential sector rotation underneath the surface. And uh, that just means uh, a tougher slog uh, going, going forward. But um, thank you for the analysis, Ed, as always. Uh, tomorrow, it will be Ken and I on the Stock Market Today video. So we hope you join us for that. And also, we will be back on IBD Live as we are every morning. You can find us at investors.com slash IBD Live, where we start 10 minutes before the market open. And we continue about an hour and a half into the market session. So uh, do join us for that as you get real-time analysis of what's happening day today. Um, also, I should mention that since we did talk about AI, I've got the uh, president of Robo Global, uh, Bill Studebaker. He's going to be on the podcast. I'm going to interview him in about five minutes, and uh, we'll be dropping that tomorrow uh, on Thursday. And we'll be talking about, hey, what what does AI do for the prospects of a recession, uh, productivity, and uh, get into some of the details from robotics, automation, and artificial intelligence. So we hope you join us for all of those things. We will see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for watching. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.